episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 38. This week I caught up with Sam Clark. He's up on the Gold Coast and he's got a really cool 1951 Chevy half-ton pickup that he's uh, been doing a fair bit of work to. Great little interview here. Have a listen to this one. It's good to hear, you know putting a bit of heart and passion in and, and spending a lot of time on the sandpaper. So Sam's build's been going for a little bit, but uh, he's come out the other end and, and the truck really looks cool. So it's great to see it finished. Finally getting uh, our first cars and coffee this coming Sunday down here in Victoria. So just starting to be able to have a couple of uh, events on again, which is great for uh, everyone down this way. And, and hopefully uh, things stay well for us and, and we don't get any more little outbursts like South Australia is dealing with. Anyway, it was great to chat to Sam and uh, I've got a pretty exciting guest lined up for the next episode, so hopefully that all goes well and uh, and look forward to the next episode. But uh, for now, this is my chat with Sam. Sam, mate, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. We've been sort of chasing each other for a little bit, but finally uh, pin you down tonight. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Going well. So how are you? Yeah, doing pretty good. It's it's just starting to get hot down here. I had a swim in the river tonight, and we're talking about forty degrees this week. So, yep. yeah, summer's on its way. So yeah, no, nah, it's, it's um, definitely heated up quickly up here on the coast. Yeah, I think last week was yeah pushing thirty, thirty-two, and humidity's up there. So um, yeah, everyone's swimming and, and looking forward to summer. So yeah, and where are you? You're on the Goldie, is that right? Yeah, on the Gold Coast, mate. Been here, oh, pretty much born and bred. I'm from Brisbane originally when I was when I was a kid, and parents moved down this way when when I was young and when my brother was young. So, pretty much, yeah, grew up here, went to school here, and and uh, yeah, lived here ever since. Yeah, that's cool. I spent I spent about six summers up on the sunny coast, living in Coolum, and yeah, I miss the beach, man. Yeah, well, I kind of take it for granted to be honest. I mean, I'm 15 minutes away, but I I barely ever really use it these days. I mean, when I was a kid and growing up and stuff, that's all you ever did here. Um, but kind of getting older and and whatnot, yeah, you don't kind of use it as much. So, but it's always good being near the beach. Yeah, yeah. Even just the the cool breeze on a hot day that comes off there is a, an advantage. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. All right, mate. Well, then let's. Let's dig into your background. I mean, what what are your your first memories like as a as a young tacker? What was your was your dad in the cars or or what was you know what did you first notice that that you started you know? Yeah, I was parents were never really into cars. I mean, I, we had some old cool cars. I mean, if they had kept them now, they'd be um, yeah, they'd be definitely good to hang on to. Like, mum had an old Tirana 
and an old Gemini, and she had, a, had an old Cortina as well. So that was always, you know, you, you kind of don't realise as a kid what cars you're sort of growing up in until you sort of go back through the photos and, and realise, shit, you know, mum, mum and dad had some pretty cool cars. I mean, I remember dad had an old VL as well, and you don't see too many of them about. So they were probably my earliest, earliest memories of, of cars, but as far as parents or any family people being into cars, it, it, that wasn't really a thing in my family. Um, I guess that came sort of later, yeah, when I when I eventually got my licence and, yeah, the, the mates I was hanging with were sort of doing up cars and, and whatnot and, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah, sweet. So so when you you finally uh, got your licence, what, what was the first car you went out and bought? Yeah, I got my licence pretty much the day that I could. I got my learners the day that I could. So mum gave me... An old hand-me-down, I think it was, yeah, it was her old car. It was an 87 Holden Astra. It was bright red. It had furry seat covers on it. Little four-door, um, four-cylinder thing. So that's kind of what I learned to drive in. And, yeah, whatever I could do to that, I was doing to it. You know, you put a set of rims on it and a stereo and just go and hang out with your mates and drive cars. So, that was, yeah, that was my first car that I ever drove. It's it's funny when you think back to, you know, like those early cars that you had that you were trying to, like you tried to make them cool and there was just no way it was ever going to happen. No, especially like an old, old Nashua, you don't really realise, but I mean, we thought they were cool. We were cruising around in like we were cool. So yeah, that, that was the main thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, nice. And then and then what was the, the first car you had that, that you would proudly say you that was my car? Um, I had an old VL um, that I kind of did up a little bit. It was probably the first car, probably my second or third car, that I sort of started getting into, yeah, doing a little bit more to. And then I had a, I got into sort of, I don't know, I wouldn't say I got into drifting, but we were kind of going on cruises where we'd head into the industrial areas late at night and guys would be drifting cars around corners and, and getting into that sort of stuff. So I remember buying a, I think it was an early 90s model Toyota Sora. It was a twin-turbo, six-cylinder thing. And, um, yeah, I sort of started started getting into the performance style of cars, yeah, sort of sort of back then. Yeah, owning owning those kind of cars. So, yeah, it was pretty cool to get into. Yeah, I think that there, was that, there was that period where everyone wanted to, you know, get a, a Nissan Skyline or a Sora or something like that and... I mean, it was it was before all yeah. the Tokyo Drift kind of Fast and the Furious stuff, but it it was definitely a thing. My my best mate yeah. had a he had an R thirty two, and we used to flog the crap out of that thing. It was so much fun. Yeah, no, well, that was it. Like you know, Sylvia's and Skylines and all those kind of cars were they were doing thing. Um, yeah, sort of year twelve and and just out of school, every, everyone wanted one. Everyone was yeah, you'd see him around a lot more than than what you'd what you do now so, um but yeah it was cool to sort of grow up and go through that little little era and at, at some stage you obviously decided that that you wanted a, a pickup you got a you got a c20 is that right um the c20 is the um that's the old orange thing that i bought just as a daily but yeah in 2014 i think mid 2014 was when i was sort of that's when I bought the, the 51 Chevy pickup. Yeah, I was sort of hunting around a few months before because I, I had a, an old 
HR, 66 model HR, and it was the first old, old car that I, that I sort of bought um, and sort of cruising in that. And I kind of just fell in love with old cars ever since I had that. And I re- regrettably sold it, and I wish I had a hang- hung on to it. But once I sold it, I kind of wanted something old. And, yeah, I just kind of started started doing a bit of research and just got into old Chevy pickups and stuff. So that's that's kind of where where that came from. And was there a bit of a, a, a car or a truck show that, that you would have gone to that you'd seen a few and started to think about them? Yeah, it was probably um, not even in Cooley Rocks. It was a local show. We'd done Cooley Rocks a couple of times. I never had a car, but it was always cool to just go and check out old cars and and see that kind of scene and that kind of vibe and everything that was going on. And, and it was, for me, it was kind of hard not to not to want to get involved. Um, so, yeah, me being me, straight away, I just started, you know, jumping on jumping on Gumtree and um, and everything else, just trying to find what was out there and what was available and, and see if I could pick something up. And, yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, I, I ended up finding that truck. And, and was that already in Australia? You didn't import it? No, I didn't import it. I was kind of sort of, I didn't kind of want to, you know, being my first truck and not, not sort of knowing too much about it, I didn't really want to just sort of sort of take the risk and, um, and sort of shop overseas and try and get it over here. So I, my main focus was just to try and find one here. I didn't sort of necessarily, you know, had, had to have one straight away. I, I was willing to be patient. But, yeah, the guy that I bought it off, South Brisbane, he already had it registered. He got a roadworthy for it. So that was, yeah, that was kind of why I was keen. I could just p- pretty much pick it up and, and just dro- start driving it straight away. And was that running pretty stock gear? That, did it still have a straight six in it and the leaf springs and things? Yeah, it just had the straight. Yeah, yeah, mate. It was stock and it was old and it was rusty and um, had, the, had the old straight six with the, yeah, three, three on the tree. Um, it was all, all left-hand drive which is what I wanted, and, yeah, it was completely bad. The interior, I mean, the seat had pillows and pillows on it, and it was wrapped in these old blankets. The floor was metal, the doors were metal, the roof was metal, the dash, you know, none of the gauges worked. There were no door seals or or window seals in it. I think two of the windows had cracks in it, so I don't know how, how he got a roadworthy or whatever for it, but, yeah, that didn't matter to me. It was registered and... It was kind of yeah something that I that I could slowly start working on and making my own. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the old slab of beer, yeah. slab of beer used to get you a roadworthy back in the day, but it's not so easy anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. Now, sort of looking back, I could yeah. He he was into cars himself, the guy that I got it off. So um, I can't imagine he yeah had to. Had to go to too much trouble to get one but yeah it was already registered and, and already driving so that was um definitely a selling point for me yeah that's perfect and and it was it was like a was it like a peachy apricot color looking at the photos on your instagram yeah yeah it was um it was this sort of beigey type yellow sort of mustard color and the paint job was was yeah probably one of the dodgiest jobs I've ever seen. I don't think they they even tried to tape up most areas. You know some of that colour was on the wheels and there was marks on the windows and overspray just about everywhere. So um, whether whether they tried to just spray spray it that colour 
um, just to get a sort of roadworthy or whatever. But yeah, that was the original colour. Um, yes, yeah, just sort of baby, baby colour. <laughs> and so, so you drove it for for a few years, just in that stock form. Yeah, drove it in. Um, drove it for a few years, just basically how it was. I mean, the first thing I did was the interior. I went went to a local upholsterer down in the rang and and just said, look, I just need a seat that's comfy enough and and something that I can sit on. So the very first thing I did to that truck was was get the seat upholstered. And I just did it in a sort of black vinyl with a bit of a red stitch on it. And um, yeah, I thought it was the best thing ever. Once I got that, I could sort of sort of sit in it and enjoy the enjoy the ride a little bit better. And then it kind of just sort of grew from there. But yeah, I was driving it for a, for, for a few years. The motor was sound. The motor, I had no problems with the motor at all. I mean, those engines and you know they're not too hard to work on if if you do have any problems but that thing never skipped the beat so yeah that was um definitely post pleasurable so yeah and and what would have what would have been the next step i think you it looks like you just started stripping paint off the thing well i did yeah well i was sort of mate as you, you know i got got the truck and i was just on sort of youtube and google and um sort of on facebook and and looking at all the sort of truck pages and and whatnot and I just saw the you know the patina look the old sort of rusty patina paint look and especially on those kind of trucks you know everyone well everyone that I could see was was chucking a set of airbags on them and rusting up the paint and get, getting a patina going so that's kind of yeah I, I kind of fell in love with that look and and I wanted to go that that way with the truck so I didn't really know how to go about it I'd never really done anything like that before. So I, yeah, I'm denied about, I reckon for about a year, sort of how I'd, how I'd attack it. And I just eventually got a heap of sandpaper and I, I went and bought an audible sander and bought a heap of acetone and, and whatnot. And I just sort of, I started on the roof and yeah, just sort of started hitting, yeah, hitting different areas and different guards, and just seeing seeing what I could come up with. Yeah, that's cool. And and, and was there much bog in there, or was yeah. it it was a pretty straight car? Or no, no, it was not straight at all. It was yeah, it was actually terrible. I think it, all up, it took me about two years to to get to the point that I was kind of happy with it because the more paint I'd strip, the more paint would be underneath, and then after about three or four or some, some parts had, had about five layers of paint, all different colours. There was beige and black and blues and greens and stuff. So once I finally got it all back and then I realised um, that, yeah, nothing was straight on that thing at all. So then I yeah, ran into a heap of bog issues and and stuff. So then I had to try and work out how how I'd get rid of the bog and what was under the bog. Was I just going to sort of remove bog and there'd be rust holes and stuff everywhere? But as I sort of got rid of all the paint and got rid of all the bog, like the, the kind of imperfections in, in the in the um, car sort of started to show. There were, there were um, yeah, there were little holes and dings and dents and stuff. There were, you know, weld spots and, and all sorts of stuff underneath it. And that kind of, trying to build the character of the car it's kind of got that kind of suits the look of it and yeah I, w- I was eventually you know absolutely stoked with how, how it was coming about so 
yeah, it turned out exactly how I wanted it. And and have you done like a clear coat on that, or or how have you finished the the bare metal? Yeah, um, well, the bare metal, I kind of some spots of bare metal. Like it's it's not all bare metal. It's not all sort of rusted. It's kind of kind of a bit of a mix matched. Um, you saw I, 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 sort of the tray. I wanted to just kind of rust up a little bit. So once I got that back to bare metal, I was just jumping on Google and, and stuff and, and YouTube and just finding ways to sort of rust up areas and I just bought a heap of vinegar and chucked it in a spray bottle and started spraying over certain sections of it and, and leaving it out in the weather and kind of seeing how, how it would come up and yeah this kind of natural rust just came about certain areas and then I um, yeah I just went and got a rattle can clear coat rattle can from Bunnings and and I just clear coated it myself. I, I taped up the windows and and sort of did all that did all that myself. I didn't want it to be too shiny, but at least I kind of you know wanted wanted the rust the rusty spots and the metal spots to um, yeah to be clear coated. So yeah that that was that was pretty much what I did. No, it's cool. The the final result looks really good. Did did you plan on painting the roof or or did that happen because it was just too hard to get it right what what happened with your roof the roof was probably the hardest um to sort of get right and get what i wanted to do i remember seeing a couple of trucks not too many but there were a couple of trucks that actually had the sort of look i was going for and basically from the line underneath the window the, the roll line under under the window um from there up, they sprayed, they painted it white, or they painted it actually a different colour. So I kind of thought, why not? Why don't I give that a go? I, I wasn't quite happy with the way the roof was turning out. So yeah, I just ended up in the garage one day buying a heap of newspaper and, and masking tape and just masked up all the all the windows. And same again, went to Bunnings and, and find a found a um, yeah sort of satin white colour in a rattle can, and I just gave it a go myself and. I didn't want it to be perfect. I didn't want it to be shiny. I didn't care if there were sort of spots that came through. But yeah, now looking back, it's 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 turned out once again exactly kind of what I wanted, and it kind of suits suits the truck. Um, yeah, perfectly. Yeah, especially with those white walls that you're running on it. You know, like it it complements perfectly, really, with it. Oh, a hundred percent. Even the you know like the black rubber around the windows. You know, like it's great. Yeah, definitely. The white walls, um, I didn't have a set of white walls on it at the time. I actually swapped with another mate, Fraser. He had a he had these set of white walls on, on his C10 and he wanted a blacked out wheel and I wanted a white wall tyre. So we kind of just swapped wheels and, and once I put them on, um, yeah, it, it just popped. Like with the white roof, the white wheels, it, uh, yeah, it definitely suited, suited a lot better. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. So... So you did all that. That that was before you started doing any any other mods to it. Really, you're still driving around with a stock motor and that sort of thing. Yeah, I was driving around with a stock motor. I was probably, uh, I was probably you know three quarters of the way through, sort of sanding and getting the uh, getting the outside right. I mean that that took it took several years to actually do. It's kind of hard looking back that I you know all the hours I spent in the garage and all the materials and shit I went through just to try and get the paint how, how it was. But I, um, yeah, I ended up sort of going and um, looking into getting the rear sort of airbags. That was kind of the first mechanical thing I, I, I looked into doing. Um, 
So I kind of started started getting the, the rear airbags first, um, while yeah, sort of while the paint, while I was still sort of going through the paint and and, and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty impressive. Like I, I've done a lot of sanding, and I know how much work it takes to strip that. Especially like you say, you had four or five layers yeah. of paint on there, so it's pretty cool. You're not not yeah. afraid to get your dirty and get in the shed and have a crack. Nah, man, I was yeah. I'd, I'd come home from work. I almost got obsessed with it. Because yeah, you just kind of wanted it done, and and I wanted to do it all myself. I didn't kind of, I, I didn't want to just you know go, I want this, and just call up someone and take the truck down there and they do it. I kind of wanted to just get in there, give 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 it a go. Because I mean, until you get in and do it yourself, you you know you're never going to learn, and you're never going to, you know. I wanted the truck to be built by me as much as I could do it. So that was yeah, that was the main the main goal for it was was to me trying to try and do as much as I can. Yeah, that's awesome. So what did you do? What was the plan with the airbagging? Did you did you have someone in mind to do that at the time or were you going to have a crack at it yourself? What what happened there? Yeah, I definitely wasn't going to have a crack at it myself because that just kind of, yeah, was a little bit out of my depth. I've, um, I've, yeah, I didn't really know too much about chassis fabrications. I didn't know too much about airbags. It was only sort of what I what I'd seen and, and what I'd read about, um, what I'd seen on other trucks. Um, I knew eventually I wanted to get the whole thing airbags. I, I, I knew that it wasn't going to happen overnight. Um, so I think I got tagged in, um, it would have been on Facebook. There was an ad on Facebook about a set of, a set of like it was a rear clip that was advertised um, for, for, yeah, my design of truck and, uh yeah, I just messaged messaged the guy and just went around there and and uh, yeah, just sort of one thing led to another and, and um, yeah, sort of the first thing I did was yeah, sort of get get, get the thing airbagged. Yeah, that's awesome and, and I mean, you you say you you just going to get the rear done. Did it did it happen like that or did it did it just go down a rabbit hole and next thing you know the whole the whole thing's getting done? Yeah, well, once I sort of you know had, had enough cash to sort of get it started and I knew that I once I took it off the road it, it, it'd be off the road for a significant amount of time so I think it was about late 2018 I thought stuff it I'm gonna I'm gonna want to do it anyway it's, it's gonna happen so yeah like you said why don't we just dive down the rabbit hole and and get it done so initially it was just the sort of you know from the back of the cab back let's yeah replace that whole chassis let's put a rear clip on it let's get the rear air bagged and, and sort of let's get it started once we sort of you know we're going through the process of that and got about halfway through that i kind of just wanted to get the whole thing done so one thing led to another and you know i, I didn't have the cash in me at the time but you know i sort of got a loan and and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, just just kept going with it. So um, I'm kind of glad that I did. I, di- I didn't want to do it in sections. I thought if I'm going to do it, let's just do it right and and get the whole thing done properly. Yeah, and especially you know, you obviously, I'm assuming in the back of your head there was an engine upgrade coming as well, and there's, there's no point doing a motor swap before you do the airbag suspension because you're just creating problems for yourself. So. It does make sense to do it. Yeah, right? Oh, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Once we sort of pulled the whole front apart, then that took a while because you know these old old trucks they they don't come apart too easily. So once we got everything apart, I knew that I knew that I had to take the engine out. It wasn't something 
yeah, that I'd really, I'd really thought too much about. But I, you know, one thing led to another. Pull the motor out, get everything cleaned up, and yeah, just keep going with it. Yeah, that's cool. And and did you consult with an engineer from the start? Like, how was this? Was this kind of a? I've got this grand plan. I'm going to go and sort of make it happen, or did it just sort of? All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to buy this rear clip and put it in," and and then how did that yeah. work for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, no, I didn't talk to an engineer at all. I was um, I was dealing with a guy um, that I got. Yeah, Justin actually from Endless Fabrication. He's the one that sort of got me got me going. I, I got the rear clip off him, and and he started work on it. I didn't really have any sort of grand plan. I just kind of once we started going, I kind of learnt more about the process and, and what needed to be done and if, you know, something like this is going to get done properly and, and 100% right, then you've basically got to take the cab off, strip everything back, get get, get it back to the bare chassis and, and basically start again. So that's kind of where, where it led to. I didn't realise it would take sort of two years to do, but looking back now, yeah, it, it the amount of work and effort that goes into these things to, to get you know, to get it right is, um, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and like the end result, when you look at your chassis just laid out on the ground, you know, without even without the cab and stuff on it, I think it's the funny thing, like you, there's so much work goes into these trucks and especially yeah. especially with all the airbags and the suspension and, you know, all the welding and, and then in the end of the day, you, you put the, the cab and the front clip and the, the bed back on and you almost never see it and it's it's funny because it's, so much money under there and so much artistry and and it kind of which is obviously why guys do the tilt beds so they can show it off at the show and that sort of thing but it, as a daily driver it's yeah exactly right yeah, you don't see it no you don't 90 percent of the car i mean 90 percent of the work and all the effort and that like you said is yeah is, is, isn't seen and that's you know kind of confuses people um you know i'd, I'd have mates and family members and, and everyone you know ask what's been you know what's going on with it what's happening you know you you try and explain to them, um, you know, because they can't see themselves. It, it kind of makes it a bit hard. But, yeah, it's, it's a huge effort to to get, you know, chassis fabrication and to get it all right. So I definitely underestimated the whole process, that's for sure. I think everyone does. Even if you think you've got an idea, I, I think I think until you've actually gone through it, you don't. And, you know, I, I always say to people, it's like building a house or renovating a house, you know, people always you know, the builder said it's going to be done in three months and it's going to cost this much and, and you're just like, well, double it and you'll be right, you yeah. know, because... Yeah. And it's pretty similar with vehicles. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. I know I thought it would be done in, you know, sort of months, not years, and, um, yeah, that's that was kind of what I envisioned and, and the longer it sort of dragged on, you know, the, the kind of... You know, you kind of lose hope, hope at, at times and whatnot, and you know you you run into run into all sorts of dramas. Not, nothing ever ever goes to plan, or nothing ever went really to plan. Yeah, you run into a few headaches, but that's all a part of the process, I guess, and and that's how you learn. And then let let's talk engine and and transmission. What 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 were you planning to put on it, and and then what did you end up doing, or or did you follow your plan? No, I didn't follow the plan at all. To be honest, <laughs> I. I wanted to, yeah, didn't follow it at all. Um, I wanted to stick a 350, um, yeah, Chevy motor in it. I wanted, I wanted to get a crate motor, stick that in there, keep it three-speed, keep it old school, keep keep it a Chevy motor. But 
the more I sort of researched and the more I thought about it and stuff, and also money-wise, I think, for what I actually wanted to do, was I was sort of, yeah, going to spend a lot more than, than I probably could have, could have afforded at the time. And then my good mate Darren, who who ended up helping me, yeah, he's helped me for the past year with this with this truck. He sort of got me down the the old LS road. And I wasn't I wasn't wanting to put an LS in it at the start, but yeah, after sort of talking with him and and a few of the options and avenues that we could go down, I'm actually kind of glad that we did we, we did put an LS in it. I, I bought an old uh, an O seven Calais. We shopped around for. For a Calais and um, yeah, got an 07, got an LS2. So we basically ripped ripped the motor and the six-speed transmission out of that, and um, yeah, and, and stuff stuff it in the truck. Yeah, it's 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 a catch twenty-two when you're thinking about it. Like you're buying an old-school truck, and and part of you likes that idea of the old the old carbureted old-school engine, but you you're trying to drive it as exactly. a fairly yeah. modern. You know, you want to make it a fairly modern vehicle to drive and. The suspension's obviously all upgraded, and yeah. just to have that turnkey LS that you know, you know, really reliable engine and the power, like obviously. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, no, well, um, I'm actually yeah stoked because what we ended up doing, we ended up putting an intake manifold on it, so we stripped all the all the plastic that sits on top. We put an yeah intake manifold so we could um, stick an air cleaner on top, and and, a, and we ended up putting a set of rocket covers on it as well. So once you pop, you know, you pop the hood and and you first, you know, look at it. You're not, you, you're not thinking LS. You actually, it doesn't look like an LS. So we've kind of kept the old school look. Um, we've sprayed everything black too. Would it be black air cleaner on it? I sprayed the whole LS motor black, um, black radiator. The whole engine blows black. So I've kind of just blacked out the whole thing. And um, yeah, it looks really, really cool. Yeah, those dress-up kits look really cool, don't they? You like, it's not until you see the fuel rails hiding underneath that. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And what, what kit? Where, where'd you get that kit from? Was that like a, a Delmo special, or was it someone here in Australia had them? Or yeah, someone here in Australia. Um, Darren got on me, mate Darren, who, who did it, who did all the the motor conversion and everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he 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 got sourced it locally. I think it was at Sydney or something like that. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, you definitely don't want to open the hood and see a bunch of bloody Commodore plastic. That's for sure. Yeah, no, exactly right. Because I, I've been, you know, I did go to. That's kind of what turned me off of it. I've been to a few shows where you'd have this old sort of looking car, and yeah, you pop pop the hood, and there's a sort of LS motor in it with all these electrics and and whatnot, and with all the plastic stuff that sits on top of those motors. That I, you know, don't didn't really like that look. That's what kind of the reason I didn't want to have that. But yeah, now. Doing what we've done to it, I'm yeah, I'm actually stoked that, that we did put the LS in it. I mean, you know, it, it runs and drives like a brand new car. It stops and it stops perfectly, and, and, it's, and it's got a lot of balls. So yeah, very happy that we ended up doing what we did. What air management system did you guys put in that thing? Originally had all the AccuAir stuff, but we kind of upgraded it all to um, AirRide. Yep. Pretty sure it was AirRide. Yeah, um, just because. You know, the AccuAir gauges were all sort of a bit old school looking. The buttons were a bit all old school. So I thought, look, I've come this far. Why don't we upgrade it and and get and you know get it all running perfectly? So I think you, you know, I 
it even came with a fob. You can sit outside the car and actually, you know, make it go up and down and, and you know, whatnot. All the yeah, just buy a fob outside the car. So yeah, that was pretty cool to actually have. And it's it's run run pretty well. You haven't had any issues with the air system? No, nah, I've had no issues with the air system. I haven't. I mean, I've only had it sort of back three or four weeks. So yeah, I haven't run into any problems just yet. So I hope that that doesn't happen. But yeah, everything seems to be running perfectly, mate. No, it looks awesome, man. It's, it's come up. I, I like. I really like the end product. You know, the way you've you've kind of stripped it back, but then painted a bit yep. of it, and you know, like I think if you'd if I hadn't seen the photos and someone said to me, oh, oh Sam's going to do this, this, and this, I'd go, oh, really? I don't know how that's going to look. But when, when you look at the finished product, yeah. it looks sick. Exactly right. And that's kind of what, like, when it came to the finished product and the way that it looked, I did have a vision when it came to that. And I'm glad that, it, you know, I sort of stuck to my guns. And and I know, I'm glad that it was sort of, you know, it all, it all started and created by, you know, just sitting here in the garage and, and just, you know, stripping back layers. So um, the end result's perfect. I mean, even with what we did with the tray, we, we raised the bed um, as high as we possibly could and then we um, sort of sheet metalled in over the top of the chassis and uh, sprayed all inside there. So you can still use the um, use the inside of the tray, yeah, for storing stuff or if you want to go away camping or whatever, you know, you can still put stuff in there. So there are a lot of little cool things like that that, yeah, that kind of make the truck. No, that's sweet. So tell me a bit, bit about the C20. I, I had a 78 C20 that I um, that donated all its suspension and stuff for my build, and it, it looks to be a relatively similar year. What what year is it? Yeah, I've got a uh, 75 C20. I've had that thing for about, about a year and a half. So I was just missing driving an old truck. I was missing driving left hand. I wanted something old and... I had a bit of money put aside that that I, I didn't necessarily want to buy another car, but I already had a work unit. I didn't want to keep driving that around. So I, um, yeah, sort of shopped around and see, see what was out there that I could just drive daily. And, and this big orange thing, yeah, popped up. And at first I didn't really like it too much because it, it's, you know, bright orange and it, and it stands out a lot. But after sort of getting in it and, and driving it and, and Nad took it for a couple of test drives. I kind of fell in love with it. So, yeah, it sits nice and high. And, yeah, I've still got it sitting out, out, out in the street at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's been good to have that. Yeah, and, that, and that's a pretty stock truck? Yeah, stock as. It's got, got a 350 in it, stock 350 with a, yeah, three-speed. Yeah, everything is just completely stock. I, I, that thing hasn't missed a beat at all. It's been reliable. It's, it starts first go, every go. And, um I've obviously had to replace a few little things. I had, you know, tyres and shocks and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, as long as you, as long as you look after them mechanically, you know, with the oil and whatnot, yeah, it's 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 been great. So that's cool. And you said it's a left-hand drive, is it? Yeah, it is left-hand drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of feel a bit weird getting into a right-hand car drive, um, right-hand drive car these days. I mean, the girlfriend, she's got a a Holden Cruise, and every now and then I'll I'll get in it, and you know it's a five-speed, you know, manual that I that I don't normally drive, and everything's on the right-hand side, so I, I kind of feel a little bit more out of place being on the on the right than I do on the left because I'm just so used to driving driving those two trucks around. 
Yeah, you, it's funny you, you click over you click over pretty quick, don't you? Like I've I've lived in the states a couple of times, and every time I get over there and I buy a car, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be weird. And I reckon within a couple of k's, you just don't even think about it. No, exactly right. Like I'm 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 used to it now. But everyone always asks me, oh, how do you drive on the left hand side? You know, it must feel weird and whatnot. But seriously, if someone just got in it and started driving it, you know, like you said, after a couple of k's, you you know, you still got to keep the thing between the white lines, you know, there's not too much difference there. And so do you do you think that that you'll resist temptation and you'll just leave that fairly stock or do you have some future plans for that truck? No, I don't have any future plans at all for it, to be honest. I just wanted it as a daily. I knew that I wasn't going to really do too much to it. I, I kind of thought about chucking a chucking a big lift kit on it because I've seen guys, you know, they, they jack it up four inches and stick these massive wheels and tyres on it and stuff. So I, I did kind of look into that, but the money that I had was for the 51 and, and I didn't want to just, you know, dive in and, and sort of start building and doing stuff to another truck while I still had something else going. So um, that was always going to be stock and, and um, I've got a few other sort of, Sort of projects and that coming up that I want to do, so I think I'll eventually have to have to um, yeah part ways with it, which will which will be a regrettable sale. But yeah, you kind of run out of room when you've got a few things happening. <laughs> yeah, you do. I just I just <laughs> I just sold off two projects that I really didn't want to sell, and it's funny because I'm glad I I'm glad now that I did sell them because I think you get overwhelmed when you you're trying to build one thing and you're thinking about that you've got these other things there it's even though you're not doing anything to them like yeah. they're on you they're on the back of your mind and oh definitely mate especially when you look, especially when you look at them every day and, and stuff you know I've got a got another um, yeah car that I want to start doing work on you know sort of early next year and that's sitting here in the garage and I've been looking at it for the last 6 months and sort of accumulating a few parts and that here and there so yeah it'd be good to sort of get that out of here and I'm not staring at it all the time. Yeah, and that, that's the Tudor? Yeah, yeah, I bought a um, 1930 yeah, Ford Tudor with a 32 SoCal chassis. So I've kind of, yeah, well, now that I've got the truck, you know, not saying, I, not saying I won't buy another truck or another Chevy or whatever, but um, I just, yeah, sort of got also got into my old hot rods. And the more shows you go to, the more hot rods you see. And, and I love that rat rod style. And I thought, you know, one day I've, I've got to build one. So that's that's the next project on the cards. It's, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, you've got to have something on the boil. Otherwise, I think you just get bored, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And now that I'm into it, I know a lot sort of more about the process and what needs done. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot, especially with that truck, you, you know, I've learned the do's and don'ts and, and and all that kind of stuff. So I think this will be a lot easier. Um, I'm definitely not, you know, airbagging it or anything like that. It, it'll, it'll be a simple build, um, hopefully. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. But, yeah, you, you need something to keep going. Once, once you're into it, you're into it. So I don't think I'll ever stop now. And talking about, um, you know, thinking back on what you've learned on this build, you know, like if we... If we go back to 2014 when you first bought the truck and and you start thinking about things, you know what what do you reckon you'd do differently? What what would you, you know, say someone's listening to the podcast and and they're just getting their first truck and they're thinking about doing something? What what sort of advice would you give them for their build? 
Oh, to be honest, yeah. I mean, if you've got a if you've got a vision and you've you've got some sort of idea and and you think that you're capable of doing it yourself, I mean, I'd just jump in and do it. Just, I think there's nothing better than getting a bunch of tools together or, and you know getting whatever you need to get the job done and and just having having those garage days. I think that's just a good start. Anyone wanting to get into it, I mean, it was easy for me because I, I just sort of wanted to start stripping paint. Yeah, and that was kind of fun. So, yeah, I mean, once you you never know. Once you know, you just got to just jump in and, and see what happens. When it comes to anything else, I guess you know, trying to find the right people to help you. I, I guess you just got to be. I mean, trust is a massive thing, but also just be a little bit patient. Maybe, maybe just talk to people and um, you know, get a few ideas on what you want to do and sort of. Yeah, just be a bit patient when it when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know, stuff that's out of your hands because I know a lot of people do get get sort of stuffed around with with other, with you know with blokes or whatnot. Sort of saying one thing and doing another. Once once you you, you never know until you dive in and, and and just just start it. So yeah, that's probably the best advice I reckon I could give. <laughs> yeah, just get into it. Yeah, for sure. And and what about car clubs? I mean, you got a few cars there. Are you a member of a club that you sort of have a club rego deal on, or or what do you do that way? Yeah, we actually started our own little club. I mean, we we sort of wanted to get me and a few mates wanted to get get our cars on club rego and stuff. We haven't really managed to do that just yet. You know, we went to a lot of shows. Obviously, not this year because because of the whole COVID bullshit that's happened. But last year, definitely we sort of any show that was sort of, you know, an hour an hour away, you know, we'd end up going to. So we, we started our own little, it was just for fun and, and we're still just doing it for fun. We just got a couple of shirts and sort of a couple of stickers and, and a logo and, and whatnot made up. So, yeah, we're hoping to sort of um, represent that a little bit more, you know, next year and, and Sort of end up going to a lot more shows next year if we can. So yeah, it's been been pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that that's the whole the whole thing with these things, isn't it? It's it's just finding like minded people and hanging out and working and talking shit yeah. about vehicles and yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So what's, exactly right. What's, what's your little club called? Uh, Swindlers Swindlers Car Club. So I've got a I've got a little Instagram page for it as well. I started that this year, but because of the lack of shows and whatnot. I haven't got you know done too much with that. Uh, we got a, got a few shirts and some stickers and, and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll definitely be getting out there and and um, representing that the old swimmers crew a little bit more. We got about yeah, there'd be about five or six of us in that. We've all yeah into our old cars and and that. So it's been um, yeah, it's cool to just go cruising together and yeah. No, that's cool, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I say, I, I you know I've been. I've been following your build since I think you first took it into Endless and, you know, looking at some photos of what Justin was doing there. Yeah. And I know Justin doesn't have the company yeah. anymore. He, he's uh, he's sold it yeah. now and yeah. uh, they've moved yeah. moved location and uh, and they're still going strong. I think they're yeah. uh, they're doing some new stuff and um, I was chatting to, to Graham. We actually had him on the podcast a little while ago. He's got a really nice little Dodge that he built, and and he sort of is the fabricator there yeah. at the moment for the new company, and they're doing some cool stuff. So, I think we'll try and get them on the podcast yeah. and have a chat because you know Justin obviously 
um, decided to to move on to different things and that's the way it goes sometimes it's it's a lot of work around your own business and uh, you know some people yeah definitely mate some yep. people strive on it and other people uh, you know I, I run my own business here and I'm really good at making stuff I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not real good at book work and communication and you know they're, yep. they're things I'm always trying to get better at so no that's cool I, I you know I, I think, yeah oh, definitely man I think more companies in Australia that, that are doing this sort of fabrication and, and chassis work and suspension, you know, the better for us because every time you try and buy something out of America, like you just, so many hurdles to get it here. You don't know if your engineers are even going to like it. So, you know, Aussie guys who are, who are getting stuff engineered, I, th- I think it's the way forward. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, definitely. Yeah, and I was just lucky, you know, once Justin sort of, Part of ways with what he was doing, and we were sort of halfway through the build. I, you know, I had Darren who, who jumped on board, and and um, yeah, he's, he's a fabricator by trade, and you know, yeah, been building hot rods and old cars his whole life. So it was the, the transition from from one to another. You know, wasn't hard, and I'm just glad we could, I could have, you know, continued the build and and get it to where I wanted to get it. So yeah, these things happened. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Oh man, well, you know, yeah. love the truck, love the build. It's um, you know, put good wheels and slam something that looks good. But you, you know, you've done a lot of work and the photos of your interior. I don't think we even chatted about that, but you know, your interior's come up really cool. What? Why don't you just tell us a bit about what you've done there? Oh yeah, no, the interior, mate. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely rough with that. So, what I ended up doing, the bench seat that I already had, sort of sort of made for it. I just wanted to go that next step further. I wanted the interior to sort of be almost, you know, it is, you know, a centre point of the car. So Jay at Timeless Auto, Timeless Auto Trim in Mermaid, I think I just got onto him through Instagram. I think I might have been following him because he's done a few old, you know, interiors and old cars and stuff. So I ended up just driving down and, and having a chat to him, showed him the car, showed him the seat, sort of had a little idea of what I wanted to do and, and he ran a few designs by me and a few different patterns and stuff and, and once I got talking to him it was yeah it, it, the whole process happened really easily he had a, a design seat design that he'd never done before that I absolutely loved it was, it was kind of how I sort of pictured it you know sort of the bench seat but it's got the sort of two buckets on, on either side you know, sort of cut into the bench and, and with the material, the beige leather that we used, sort of stayed away from, from the normal black. And um, I had the door cards already done in a in a, a Mexican blanket. So I had a little bit of the Mexican blanket left over and, and he, um, yeah, he, he used that into into the bench seat as well. So there's, yeah, there's little areas um, on the on the seat and the backrest that, that he that he used the Mexican blanket and it's turned out really well. So yeah, yeah, stoked with that. Yeah, it looks awesome. I mean, the Mexican blankets, the traditional, you know, just chuck it over the seat and make it look cool. And and you've sort of taken that to the next level by by incorporating it properly into the seat, which is rad. Exactly right. Yeah, because you know everyone loves the Mexican blanket. I I had a couple thrown over the seat and yeah. Yeah, they're actually incorporated into it, and, and with the door cards and stuff, yeah, it, it it comes up, come up, come up really good. Yeah, it's cool. We'll we'll, uh, we'll share a few photos because uh, yeah, I think it does look does look amazing. So, 
if guys want to check out your truck, mate, um, you know, what what's the best way? You just you just on Instagram, or what's the best way for them to have a look? Just just mate, just on Instagram would be best. I don't throw too much on on Facebook. Just on Instagram on on my page, and uh, yeah, on the swimmers swimmers car club page as well. There'll be a few photos up. So yeah, I'll be driving it a lot more now that I have it back, and yeah. Once um, these shows start start up, hopefully next year, yeah, there'll be there'll be a lot of photos and stuff being thrown up, mate. So, yeah, cool. So that's at Sam Grenade, and uh, and the car club. What that's at Swindlers Car Club, is it? That's it, Swindlers CC. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, mate. Well, thanks for taking the time and chatting to us. And uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Come and catch up with you when I'm up the coast. My my wife's family are all in Brizzy, and and we get up there every year. Normally, we haven't haven't seen them for a while, unfortunately, but uh, definitely keen to get up there soon and yep. get some some waves yeah, waves under my surfboard because it's collecting dust at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nah, definitely, mate. If you're up this way, yeah, give us a holler and stop in for a beer and come and check out the truck and, and whatever. So, yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been good to chat to you. Nah, it's been a pleasure, buddy. All right, we'll catch you soon. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers, mate. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.